0: Livewise on the team connect. Get respect when they real this. I know you feel this.
1: The east to the west west. Up north to the down
2: south now. Livewise Alright, guys, you you teased the Michael Lombardi appearance earlier this morning on, on Mac and Bone. And it made a lot of sense as to why they wanted to bring him on their radio program.
3: Well, he's also promoting a book, yeah, he, I believe. That's how it all happened.
2: You know, I love when you see these failed GMs, they then want to go write a book about you know how how and why they failed. But you know, he was very critical of Frank Reich and the Panthers in the preseason, and when he joined the guys this morning, he says, it's nothing personal with the Panthers head coach. He just has concerns about the way he prepares his team.
0: I have no personal grudge against Frank Wright. I like Frank Wright. I like a lot of people in that organization. I like Scott Federer. I like a lot of people there. But when you don't let you, when you don't protect your quarterback in the summer, do you want me to say everything's going to be okay? Do you want me to do you want me to say everybody gets to play right field? It'll be good. We'll go to Dairy Queen after the game. <laughs> I mean, but like seriously, it was bad. And Frank has not been very good on opening day. I mean, Frank now is 0-5-1 on opening day. That tells me, are you getting your team ready to play? I would say this to Frank directly as an executive, as somebody who studies the game for a living. I would say it directly. Like, that's not what we are. And the offensive line was not very good this summer. Why? I didn't watch practice. But it didn't look like they were real physical. And I know how good that line played at the end of the year last year. So I didn't think it was a talent issue as much as it was an execution issue and a, an attention to detail issue. So, you know, you can say I was being – I was never personal. I'm never personal about anything. I he- say the truth. I speak what I think.
4: Ah. He came strong, Fiddy. I think you were a little uh, misled in your uh... – talking about his career that man's got three rings as a executive in the nfl so uh, what's he doing yeah. now oh it doesn't matter he got three championship rings have been in the league over 30 years working for the patriots the niners the raiders the browns so yeah i don't know if i'd call that he a draft, failed career did
3: he draft tom brady
4: uh, i don't know i guess we'd have to to, to check on that one right, But we'll uh, anyway hey drum where's drum Research um, <laughs> team. All right, he'll get on it. Yeah, but definitely uh, I, I don't feel like there was anything wrong with his assessments. I don't think he had any ulterior motives. I did see something before, like uh, he Frank Reich fired his son-in-law or somebody that was close to him or something I had seen before. Yeah, his son was
2: yeah. on Matt Rule's staff.
4: Yes, okay. So, yeah, but anyway um, – I think he just let you know that the place that he was coming from, and I think he has enough backing that you have to give some credibility to it because uh, based off what you did see from that offensive line, there was a lot of worry to be had there. They did come out and play really well against Atlanta, I thought, but we'll see if that continues, if it's the trend or if this was a blip for them. And they are that line that we saw in the preseason.
3: All right. So a couple of things we can go back to some of the criticism that he had for Frank Reich. And a lot of it didn't make sense. He was discussing how the offensive line didn't have any injuries. And of course, Austin Corbett had already been ruled out for the first four weeks and Chandler Zavala had just come back from injury clown show order to man that right guard spot. From what I see with Lombardi too, I did think it was funny. He says as an executive, like okay if you want to keep it factual and not personal let's just go ahead and say former executive because you ain't now and he was the general manager of the Cleveland Browns in 2013 he wasn't involved with the Patriots but we know Bill Belichick is the one that makes the moves there and so yes I get it right but at the end of the day I do understand Michael Lombardi does know a little bit about football the problem is when you're talking about Frank Reich not having his guys ready to go for sure in the preseason the offense offensive line didn't look good but as somebody mentioned on the text line and from florida i think lombardi talks out of both sides of his mouth it's like yeah you're talking about how the offensive line was the issue okay that's true for the preseason but as you and I mentioned, Wes, they seemed ready to go in week one to protect Bryce Young in the first regular season game that actually mattered.
4: So was he, th- he was talking about the team, Frank Reich's teams overall. That he team. was, but he
3: also immediately went to the offensive line after that, and they seemed to be pretty good. He also failed to mention how Frank Reich does have three seasons of above 500 football, where he goes 10-6 and 6 in 2018, 11-5, 9-8. and, 5, 9 and 8. Frank Reich needs to win some opening day games. That would be great. Like for sure, it's a legitimate criticism that he doesn't win in the first week. That that sets you back. It's not great to start 0-1 every single year, and Frank Reich has really struggled in that manner. But the criticism, it seemed harsh from the get-go, and I just never really understood it, especially as it pertains to Bryce, who I think we both agreed as well. It's like putting him out there in preseason the way you did, I didn't have any problem with it. The first, The third game... You allow him to score a touchdown. You bring him off after two series. You only play him three series in each of the first two games. I was cool with it. But Lombardi, he stood strong with his takes with Mack and Bone earlier today.
2: Yeah, my favorite part is that he, oh, I would say this straight to Frank Reich's face, but you can't I know well, because I, you're not an executive. You host a podcast well, with a former hey, fired ESPN host. host. Easy, easy. Look, you're going after
3: your own kind, Fitty. You host a podcast. I do. I host a podcast
2: little love for the podcast host out there. I'm just saying though, like it's just if the man was really that valued and respected, especially with his last name. All right, and we're going after Lombardi He would still now. have a job in the NFL. But
4: he worked over 30
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we talking I mean, about? I mean, so 30 yeah. years ain't retirement age. <laughs> yeah. <that's> just, yeah.
4: <laughs> 30 years pre-championship. Uh,
2: yeah. All right, so another guy that we uh we had issues with what he said in the preseason. Yeah, what is Johnny Muscles talking about this time? Remember when Chris <laughs> Sims was really doubtful? That I mean, said that Bryce Young showed nothing special in the preseason. Well, all of a sudden, after a start where he threw two picks and lost, Chris Sims is now seeing and believing in the <laughs> Panthers' rookie yeah. quarterback, right. Bryce Young. First off, like some
1: missed opportunities with some big throws down the field. All right, but all in all, like Bryce Young's slick. You know, he, he showed he belongs and that, like, the game and, and and the NFL is not too big for him despite him being a smaller quarterback. I, I think that's the thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, he had two interceptions that hurt their football team. I, I didn't look at these, though, and go, oh, my gosh, this is just a rookie being dumb with a rookie mistake. You know, this is a really good play by Jesse Bates in the middle of the field. He's supposed to be the deep middle. And what he did, he's a smart football player, he's going, they're not throwing the ball deep, so I'm going to, like, not backpedal so much. And the same thing here happens on the second time. Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in football. So Bryce Young, he'll learn from that. But I also want to say that's pretty incredible. Check this out, Mike. I mean, he's looking to his left. Jesse Bates should be way back. So he's expecting that through his studies. But Jesse Bates is studied, too, and he's going, wait. I see your offense. You haven't thrown the ball downfield. I'm going to stay a little flat footed. I think it's going to be in this general area. You're trying to manipulate break. with the eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll stay here. I'm not going to take the cheese. And he makes a great play there. Take the cheese. I like that. Not going to take course. it. Of
3: Chris Sims, fair criticism, not taking <laughs> deep shots. This yeah. is what is fair evaluating what you saw in week one. I don't really have a ton of problems with what I don't know if I have any problems with what Chris Sims said here in this specific game. It seems like he's back on the Bryce Wagon, baby. What do you make of Chris Sims' comments?
4: Me neither. I thought that those were very positive comments. As you said he told it like it was. I mean he was got. We'll see if Carolina will try to be more aggressive this Monday night against the New Orleans Saints and see if that helps them because teams will continue to sit on those short routes if they do not do yeah. that. So they're gonna have to get more aggressive. But we like what Chris Sims said all in all.
3: Oh yeah, two five two So over the texts are funny after Fiddy's rant. I, it got Talk about getting personal. He got real personal with Mike Lombardi. <laughs> 252 said, yeah, that's a lot of talk from a couple guys who also just host a podcast. Yeah, I host a podcast too. And and Fiddy, I felt something was like, whoa, hold on. Now you are going with some friendly fire. I don't know why you're doing that. Um, also, K-Town Mafia, uh, <laughs> he said Mike Florio was a slap nut. I've never heard of that before. Makes me laugh, though. I don't even know if I can say it, to be honest with you, but it's a nut. And I was like, all right, well. K-Town Mafia made me laugh with that. Well, the
2: best part is that he's got the wrong dude that I'm going after. I'm going after Michael Lombardi. That's right. Who is, we'll just just call him a slappy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we'll just call him. Um,
3: Yeah. All right. That was funny. All right. Go (laughs) ahead. What else you got for I just like K-Town Mafia's insult.
2: Oh, man. All right. So after the (laughs) Jets' uh, opening night win, you had to come down and really mourn that Aaron Rodgers' season was over. Well, Robert Sala, the head coach. Of the New York Jets, he joined the Michael K Show in New York, a radio program that I listen to very frequently. And they asked him, what do they expect from Rodgers moving forward? And Silas says, we expect Rodgers and all of his conspiracy theories to still be around the team despite being injured.
1: Do you feel like he can still, even from afar be a positive, impactful player on your team, even though he's not playing? Do you still think he can help Zach and still be around this team, even though he's not able to perform?
0: Oh, heck yeah. His presence alone, his voice, his words, um his stories and conspiracy theories, all that good stuff, all of it is good. You know, he's uh, he's an unbelievable human being. He's got such thoughtful insight. And his, um, you know, he's a pleasure to be around. So he, his presence is not only welcome, but wanted.
2: You know, I brought this up yesterday in the fishbowl, and y'all didn't seem to entertain it. The Jets are built to win now. Mm-hmm. They've got a roster that is ready to win big-time games now. Now, without Aaron Rodgers, I think that's in question. They no longer have to trade away the number one pick to the Green Bay Packers. Would it not benefit them to effectively tank on the year? Assume Rodgers is going to be back next year. But put yourself in a position to get Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Shador Sanders?
4: Well, they have too much talent to tank at this point. It would be hard for them to tank if they try. Their defense is loaded. They've got weapons all over the place. So it's going to be really hard for them to be able to do that.
3: Yeah, how do you tank, Fitty?
2: Zach Wilson's your quarterback.
3: They beat the Bills with yeah, Zach but, but Wilson with Josh Allen, unprepared.
2: I, I mean, Josh Allen with like the YOLO game know, of his life. I know,
3: but how, I know we can get to six wins with Zach Wilson, but you can't get to Arizona Cardinals territory, can you? I don't know if you can get to worst third, like third worst team in the league. Territory. Four
2: and thirteen, I think, is on the table with Zach Wilson. No,
3: I I'm, think they're I think they're too good. You and I both love Garrett Wilson. How could he not? G Dub after especially yeah, G Dub ends up with Dubs constantly in one on one battles. Brees Hall first carry of the game goes for like thirty yards, and then he gives you that eighty yarder. Ran out of gas, which was hilarious. Speaking <laughs> of G Dub, block for him. Block for him, G. You are celebrating at the 30-yard line. If you block for him, (laughs) he scores. Brees was gassed at the end of that run. The offensive line is concerning for sure Mm -hmm. after this is how we're in the situation in the first place. But that defense is absolutely the real deal. We saw it up close with Carolina. The defensive line is insane. How about having two guys at cornerback in Reed and, of course, Sauce Gardner? I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think the real question is, should they go after a different quarterback to help them win right now?